The following audio is from Grace City Church in San Diego, California. More information about Grace City Church is available at gracecitysd.com. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen His glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness about Him and cried out, This was He of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks before me, because He was before me. For from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the only God, who is at the Father's side. He has made him known. Let's pray. Father God, um, we thank you that you have revealed yourself through your Son. We thank you that you came to die for a world who didn't want you, um, didn't deserve you, but you decided that you we're going to come anyway. Um, and so now as you learn about that, Father, I pray that you would just bless Randall as he speaks. He pray you would open our hearts, um, our minds, our ears to what you have in store for us today. We thank you, Father. In your son's name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Good morning, everybody. We are at the end of December and at the end of Advent as well, as we think about what Jesus has done for us. And it's just great to see everybody here this morning. It's great to see your faces. Um, Again, just even if they're covered by masks, it's great to see you. Um, You know, you think about the church and what is the church? Well, it's people. It's not just gathering on a Sunday morning, but it's, it's, it's a gathering of believers and we get around the word of God and, and being able to be encouraged by this message of what Advent is all about. And as we've been talking about this, um, Advent is uh, this anticipation, the anticipation that uh, God would be with us, uh, but the, also the anticipation that he's coming again. And what I love most about thinking about that is this, that, that God is not just some abstract idea that's out there, um, but God came in relationship to us. And so whatever you're going through right now, whatever you may be wrestling with or struggling with, um, knowing that God came to be with us in relationship, I think is extremely important um, today. And uh, so again, if I haven't met you yet, my name is Randall. I'm the lead pastor of Grace City. And like I said, this is about relationships. It's about people. And so today our text is from John 1, 14 through 18. And the message is knowing God, being known by God. Knowing God, being known by God. You know, we can know a lot about God, but the the joy that we get to experience as we think about Advent and about Jesus coming with us is that we can be known by God. Uh, recently, I watched this uh, video. It's a short film uh, called Godspeed. And it's about this pastor who had all this knowledge, all of this information about God. He knew a whole lot about God, um, but he really didn't grasp the relational aspect of of who God is. And so he was encouraged to go and be a pastor in a small community, in a small village where he had to live basically in a fishbowl where people could see his life and really get to know him. And 
throughout that film, it was really about this, taking the risk to be known. Taking the risk to be known. For people to know his life and, and really get down to really who he is as a person. And he admitted that was a very scary thing. And for you today, as you come here, do people know you? Do you have people in your life that know who the, the real you really is? Because as we think about Christmas, at the heart of it, it's about this. It's that God took the risk to be known by you and me. That God came so close that he said, I want to be known. Not just on the pages of a book or stories that are told, but relationally with people. It's the heart of the Christmas story. Matthew one twenty three says, Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. See, that's the thing that as we think about Christianity and the gospel and all of that, that that is the heart of it. It's that God became one of us. On December 7th, Gallup put out an article entitled, Americans' Mental Health Ratings Sink to a New Low. And in this, it reported that mental health overall is at a new low since 2001. We could say, yeah, I, I, I see that, right? We're all wearing masks. We're in a pandemic. I see that. But here's what it says. It says, but those who attend weekly religious gatherings have a higher mental health rating than those who don't. We're in this season right now where it's easy to isolate ourselves from relationships and, and we're told to. But as believers, why is it that we continue to gather on Sundays and why do we believe that this is important? It's because we believe that you and I, we were all made for relationships. And so for us to be consistent in that and to do that in a safe way in, a, in an environment like this, but say this is important. Because even for you as a, as a person, like, do you see that? Do you know that? Because coming back to the relationship aspect of what it means to be a Christian is knowing that it's not just with other human beings, but it's with the God of the universe. God with us. Emmanuel. See, we need this. J.A. Packer, who's a theologian, he wrote this book called Knowing God. And he says, the world becomes a strange, mad, painful place and life in it, a disappointing, unpleasant business for those who do not know about God. He said, disregard the study of God and you sentence yourself to stumble and blunder through life blindfolded, as it were, with no sense of direction and no understanding of what surrounds you. Don't you feel that at times? And at times it's like, it's like, what is going on in this world? And you're just kind of stumbling around like, how am I going to make it? See, let's be honest. No, with, without knowing God, the, the world is a strange, mad, painful place. 
Life is a disappointing and unpleasant business. Having that, that sense of no direction, no understanding of what surrounds you, yeah, that is very difficult. But here's what we see, that there is a bigger story that's being told. And as we see this story, and jumping into the book of John, John is pointing out to us that, yes, there is this bigger story that's being told. And there is an author, and it is God. God is the author of the story. But it's not just that God is the author of the story. It's that God writes himself into the story. He writes himself into the story. The author plays a part. See, God does the unthinkable and enters into a fallen creation in the person of Jesus. Madeline Lingle says, to be a Christian is to believe in the impossible. Jesus was God. Jesus was human. See, and when we understand who the author is, and what this is about, then we're going to know what it truly means to be known and to know others. See, because today, maybe many of us come in with these guards up because we're like, can I trust? Can I take that leap of faith to being known and to know someone else? But it starts with the faith in God, trusting in God, knowing that God did that first. God did that first. And so in this text, God reveals himself in three ways. So I'm going to give you all three ways as we break this down today from God's word. But the first one is he became one of us. Second, he lived with us. And three, he embodied grace and truth. He became one of us. He lived with us. He embodied grace and truth. And so the first one, he became one of us. Look at verse 14 in the first part. It said, the word, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Okay. And so this is the doctrine, you say, the doctrine of belief of the incarnation, God with us. Now, a commentator on this text, D.A. Carson, says about this, he says, At this point, the incarnation, the infleshing of the word, is articulated in the boldest way. John is unambiguous, almost shocking in the expressions he uses. The word became flesh. Flesh. Think about it. Again, God became one of us. Taking a moment right now to soak that in. He didn't wait for us to come to him. This is what makes the Christian message unique. They're said to be estimated around 4,200 religions in the world. 4,200 different religions in the world. And there's only one that says that God became man like this. See, every other religion says you have to work your way to God. You have to work your way to God. In Christianity, we believe that God worked his way to us. And if you think about it, he lived in a fishbowl. See, John got to know Jesus intimately. 
F.F. Bruce says God chose to make himself known. Finally and ultimately in a real historical man, when the word became flesh, God became man. Again, why is it so scary for us to be known? It's because we're scared that if people see us and really get to know us, they might not like us. They're going to start to see our faults and our failures. But what we see is that Jesus became known and people saw him and they said, wow, he's different. He came close to people who are hurting and broken. And so we see that, again, he became one of us. But second, this, it's he lived with us. It says, and he dwelt among us. Verse 14, and we have seen his glory. The word dwelt literally means that he lived in his tent among us. Jesus, Jesus, God, sets up his tent and hangs out among us. The Bible is the story of God getting closer and closer to us. I love the translation when it says that God moved into the neighborhood. That's what he did. He came near. See, what John's doing here is he's giving us this Old Testament language that should call to mind moments in Exodus that God told the people first to build a tabernacle, but then later he told them to build this tent of meeting. And in Exodus 33, it explains this. But there's this passage, like when we think of John, that is directing readers to think about Exodus 33 and 34. Now, if we're thinking about the Bible and you're thinking about Exodus, it's the Old Testament, and you're wondering, okay, well, what happened in Exodus 33 and 34? Well, what happens is Moses begs God and says, show me your glory. Show me your glory. God, show me your glory. I want to be next to you. I want to to know more about you. Show me your glory. And in Exodus 34, verses 5 through 7, it says this, The Lord descended in the cloud and stood with him there and proclaimed the name of the Lord. The Lord passed before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, keeping steadfast love for thousands, giving in iniquity and transgression and, and sin. But who will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers and on the children and the children's children to the third and fourth generation. And Moses quickly bowed his head toward the earth and worshiped. Right, as Moses gets close to God and he asks, he begs God, show me your glory. He comes down, face down and says, I don't deserve to be in your presence, God. See, up to this point in Exodus, no one had been this close to God since the garden. Since the garden. But John is telling us that through Jesus, God came even closer to us than he did with Moses. In the incarnation, Jesus came closer than he did with Moses. And we don't think about that, but that's what's happening here. And so he's right, pushing us towards something, pushing us to think on something here. And then we get to the last point. He embodied grace and truth. And here's where he takes us back, okay? So first he talks about, he says in verse 15, John bore witness about him, cried out, this was he of whom I said, he 
comes after me, ranks before me because he was before me. So again, Jesus is like the king of all kings. He was before John, was even born. He's like, he's always existed. Jesus is different. But then we get to verse 17. For the law was given through Moses. This is where we get back to Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. What does this mean? Well, first is this. We need to understand that the law came through Moses. What's the law? God's standard, right? What did, what did Moses, what was he given? He was given the Ten Commandments. So Moses was given the Ten Commandments. So the law came through Moses. And this was just ten of God's commandments to live for God. But as we've talked about before, as you start to to go through the Ten Commandments, what you're going to find is that you can't follow the commandments. We're going to fail. We're going to mess up. If we tried to take the weight of the Ten Commandments on ourselves, it would be a heavy burden that we would carry. And some of you are like, you, you, you have your own Ten Commandments, right? These are my standards for living. If, but, but if you were judged by even the standards that you place on yourself or other people, you wouldn't be able to stand by them. Even the standards that you come up with. You ever said, oh, I'd never do that. I'll never do that. I remember even before we became parents, me and my wife, we, we would look at other parents and we're like, ah, oh, we'd never do that. You know what we found out? We started doing it, and we were like, oh, okay. Maybe I'm not as good as I thought I was. Maybe I didn't have it as together as I thought I did. And so the same thing is true with the Ten Commandments. I could follow that, but then we find out when we're put in a situation, no, (laughs) I fail. See, the, the law came through Moses, but Jesus... It says that grace and truth came through Jesus. Jesus embodied what we were supposed to live. He embodied the law. See, the requirements of the law were fulfilled in Jesus. And here's what we need to understand. Exodus 33, 11 says this. Thus the Lord used to speak to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. Right, God came so close to Moses that he would speak to him as a friend. But then Jesus comes near and he says, you're my friends. Again, a commentator says, the, the, the flow of the passage and the burden of the book as a whole magnify the fresh grace that has come in Jesus Christ. Do you need grace today? You've been heaping just burdens on yourself. You're feeling guilty, ashamed, lost confused. Think on the incarnation. Think on Jesus coming near. Think on what he's done for you. Friends, fresh grace is available through God today. Here's what it says in Exodus 34, 35. The people of Israel would see the face of Moses, that the skin of Moses' face was shining, and Moses would put on the veil over his face again until he went in to speak with him. You know what Moses went into? He went into the tent. He went into the tent and he spoke to God as a friend. And do you know what it says as Jesus comes, takes on flesh like you and me, It uses the same language in saying, you know, Jesus pitched his tent. 
and came and hung out with us in our brokenness and our lostness. He came to be near to us. See, what's going to help you in your mental health and in the state of where you're at right now? It's knowing that you're never alone. It's knowing that you're never alone. It's that God is near to you even when you feel like he's distant. It's that God is near to you in your biggest mistakes and your lostness. And knowing that and believing that. See, we ask, what's the story about? What's about this? St. Athanasius of Alexander said this. He said about Jesus, he said, He became what we are that we might be that he might make us what he is. He became what we are that he might make us what he is. As you get close to Jesus and you see and know that he's done something amazing for you, you have to know that he's making you into a person you could have never been. See, for me personally, as I think about 2020 and I think about what I'm going through personally, it's like everything's on the table, right? It's like, what, what, is, what is this life about? Where am I going? Where, where's my family going? What are we doing? Right, like everything's on the table. And saying, what's real? What's not real? For me, it's like, I want to I grow closer to God. I want to be an authentic person. I want to be a real person. One of the things I always say is like, I want to be consistent, man. I want to be a consistent person. And as I look at Jesus, I know that he's the only one that's been consistent from the start to the end. He's the only one. And so how do I become consistent? It's by, by, by knowing him and, and, and saying, Jesus, I want to be more like you. Help me to become like you. Teach me what it means to be like you, Lord. Like one of the scriptures I was reading uh, this, this past week, we were reading uh, through Psalm 119 in a Bible study. You know what it is? It's, it's just David like pleading with God, like teach me your ways. Teach me your ways, oh God. Like, have you gotten to that place yet? Have you gotten that desperate to say, God, teach me your ways? Like, my ways are wayward. My ways are, like, inconsistent. Like, teach me your ways, God. I want to I know your ways. Make me like you. Make me like Jesus. So as we think on this, and, and really the, the, the radical nature of what the incarnation is for us, Here's some takeaways. And they're going to be easy. And some of you are going to be like, I don't need to write that down. I already know that. But again, I don't want you to be a knower of the word. I want you to be a doer of the word, right? That's what it calls us to do. And so the first one is this. Know him. Know him through his word. Simple. Like for us. Just a challenge for us as a church as we go into 2021, as we think on what is, what is 2021 going to be like. My encouragement to you is know him through his word. Like you say, well, I, I want to know God. I want to know who he is. 
the simple challenge is come to his word and, and, and know him through his word. I got an email this week from a lady that comes to this church. And she sent me an email and she just said, uh, she, she just was so excited about these two verses from the Bible. She just sent 2 Corinthians 3, 16 through 17. And she said, this is amazing. And you know, I know what it says. It says, but when one turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. Now the Lord is the spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And she, it was just like a short email. It was just like, this is amazing. And it was just that the veil was removed. That God like had removed the veil and she was like excited about this. God's word. And what she was experiencing was it's not like I have to, but I get to, to know God. How do you get to that place? Well, know him through prayer. Might seem like this big thing where it's like, okay, well, how do I pray to, to know God like this? And it could just be a simple prayer like David. Lord, teach me your ways. Teach me your ways, God. It might just be a simple prayer that you pray in your heart right now. Just teach me your ways. And in that moment, the Holy Spirit might just remove that veil for you. Maybe that's the first time that you've ever prayed that prayer, but that God is there in that. The last is, no, his presence is near. Now, my encouragement is this, that, that as things got, have gotten so busy or so weird or even the, the fear sometimes of like as things slow down and it's not the pace that it used to be, have any of us, like, have you experienced like this anxiety or this weird like stress or tension when things start to slow down? You're like, I don't feel good about this. I kind of like the way things used to be. You felt that? Maybe it's a good thing. Maybe it's a good thing that we're all slowing down. Because there, maybe it's in that place that we're going to experience his presence. And maybe instead of slow, uh, speeding up and, and, and going back to the way things used to be, maybe God's telling us to slow down and say, would you listen to me? Again, in that short film, there was, this, in, there was this mention of a book called The Three Mile an Hour God. The Three Mile an Hour God. Why is it The Three Mile an Hour God? Because usually the pace of humans walking is about three miles an hour. And many times we're going a lot faster than three miles an hour. We're driving our car from here to there. We're running from this place to that place. But maybe what it means to catch up to God is slowing down enough to listen to him at three miles an hour at a pace that we're not used to walking at and slowing down at and just enjoying life and that we actually have breath in our lungs. See, the gospel today is this, that it's not based on you running fast, getting things done, being at this fast-paced life 
but it's that the God of the universe, universe slowed down so much that he became a baby, became one of us, was willing to walk with us, and was willing to die. See, what did it take for God to know us like that? Say the father was willing to sacrifice his son so that we could truly know him. Isaiah 53, 11 says, Out of the anguish of his soul, he shall see and be satisfied. By his knowledge shall the righteous one, my servant, make known many to be accounted righteous, and he shall bear their iniquities. See, the Bible is not just words written on a page, but it comes to life right off the page. The word became one of us and came near. See, Jesus' birth, his life, his death, his resurrection, that's the missing piece to the story that we've been searching for our whole lives. And it's knowing him and knowing that piece right there and what this is all about, it's in that place that we can put ourselves out there to truly be known. To truly be known. And if God can know the depths of who I am and still love me, that can be the thing that changes my life forever. And my encouragement to you is that you can come to that place, be known by him, and know that the gospel is sufficient for you, that the good news is sufficient for you, that the life of Jesus is sufficient for you. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you for the great gift it is that you came to become one of us. And that in that, there is radical hope in times where it feels like it's hopeless. And knowing that in that, we can be changed. We can be made new. And it's really a a pretty profound thing that all of this is real. And so remove the veil of our hearts, Lord, that we can believe and we can see you for who you truly are. To know God and to be known by God. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this resource from Grace City Church. If you found this helpful, feel free to share it and enjoy more resources at gracecitysd.com. Grace City Church exists to equip people with the gospel for everyday life.